from the Wayne Sumner Studio. My recommendation is in honor of the British Bodie McBoatface. It's uh, Sonny McCarface. Broadcasting live in Boone, North Carolina on 90.5 WASU-FM. You're driving and you think you start getting hungry and you're like, oh, I have a Dunkin' Donuts app on my car. Why not I just buy 12 donuts? Around the world on iHeartRadio and WASURadio.com. It's astonishing what you've done. You managed to have a three-car pileup on a road with a speed limit of 25 miles per hour. Right in front of the police station, too. So, uh, congratulations. This is Loopy Radio. This is Loopy Radio. This is Loopy Radio. I'm Loopy. Back and more action on a night where I could be somewhere else. But no, honestly, I'd rather be here. And uh, I think you can imagine what I'm saying. Because t- today is Halloween. It is October 31st, 2018. If you have been sitting around wondering why children are coming up to your front door and knocking, um, that's why today is Halloween. Uh, but more importantly, uh, today also, unbeknownst to many people, is Caramel Apple Day. Not a joke. It is Halloween, but it is also Caramel Apple Day. So if someone is giving out caramel apples on Halloween, A, that's expensive, and B, you are cultured, maybe. But th- th- what this really means, though, for me, is that I- I've, in less than one year's time, have had the pleasure of uh, the distinct privilege of being able to broadcast my show on App State's possibly two freakiest nights. Uh, and by that, I'm saying uh, Halloween on any college campus is usually kind of weird. Um, and then also, uh, last semester, I I did 420 Day. April 20th, App State's favorite day. Uh, whatever. But, you know, g- given the kind of person I have, you know, it really doesn't make a difference uh, whether or not I am doing a show Um on these specific days because I really don't um I don't know what the word would be. Care seems a little too dramatic. Not my cup of tea, this kind of stuff. Doing these kind of things. Maybe that's why I have very few friends. I appreciate you being here uh tonight. I love being on air, I love being here. Every week seems to fly by now. They fly by like crazy and uh we're approaching the end of the semester. Which means I will be a month off. Half of December and half of January. I will not be scheduled. It's a weird feeling. We're approaching that. Tomorrow. Tomorrow is November. Already. November. And there are like four legitimate weeks. School weeks for me in this semester because... The week of uh, Thanksgiving just doesn't count because that's only a few days. And uh, the week before exams is all review. And I feel like this semester just started. So I guess that's a good thing for me test-wise. Today, what we're going to be talking about... What we're going to be talking about today is the future. A lot of things that uh, could heavily influence our future in good or bad ways uh, are kind of developing recently this week. Uh, and it's all somewhat automotive-themed, so I've also included a thing about Uber, a company that I am still curious about, because I'm not totally sure how they make all their money. 
And I also am not totally sure why someone would use Uber and not buy a car unless you literally couldn't drive. I guess it's the alternative for uh, people with DUIs. Instead of buying a scooter, you can um, just Uber. There's a big price difference, though. I appreciate you being here. The um, the one thing I do have to say about Halloween, uh, from my personal experience, is a fun kind of story. And if you've never done this before, feel free to wait one year and then do this. It's fantastic. It's it, This is geared toward more people who are older, a little too old to trick-or-treat and, like, ask for candy. But it's a fun thing, especially if you're in, like, high school. It's a great thing to do if you can drive and you've got some friends to do this with. It's good to get in a group of, like, three or four people. I call it bigger, better. And the idea is that you start off with something just basically worthless, uh, like a pencil, for example. Like an unsharpened pencil is what you could start with. And then you, you go up to houses just like you normally would on Halloween. You know, you just go house to house to house. And you... Go up to the front door and the people look at you weird because you're like 18 years old and you shouldn't be trick-or-treating. But you're not trick-or-treating. And you have to explain that every time, which is probably the worst part is that you have to explain the game you're doing every single time. But basically you just go up to the front doorstep and you tell the people, hey, we're not trick-or-treating. They'll still offer you candy, which is a good part. You say, we're not trick-or-treating. We're playing a game called Bigger Better where we start off with something small and we go house to house and try to trade for something that's either bigger physically or better. I guess, you know, how do you define better? I don't know. But they, people usually get the point. It's just a game, and it's a good way for people to get rid of stuff that they don't care about. And so last time I played, I can't even remember all the stuff we got, but I had a, I had a group of quite a few friends playing and uh, we ended up with some super cool stuff and what we did is we got into groups of like I think it was three groups of five and we hit three different neighborhoods I'll let you know uh, some of the things that we came up with here in just a second it's pretty it's pretty fun to think back on I'm loopy I'm Loopy. So a game I played on Halloween for probably the two or three years before I went to college is a game called Bigger Better. That's what I call it. I've heard I've heard various names for it. And uh, it's it's interesting what you'll end up with and the conversations you have with some people. And the situations you'll put yourself in. Usually it's all it's all good stuff. And so uh, I'm trying to think. The last time I played Bigger Better, we split up. We had like 15 people. It was crazy. And we split up into like three groups of five or four, however many we actually had. And so we all started off with like a pencil. And uh, we came back with a weird barrage of things. Because, you know, you get to the point where people are like, oh, this is kind of cool. You know, these are kids that aren't being stupid on Halloween. So, you know, so they get into it. Or uh, people just start thinking like, oh, yeah, I have a broken chainsaw. I can give them that. A broken chainsaw. That's one of the things we ended up with. We also ended up with like a nice bocce ball set. And we ended up with a taxidermy deer deer head. 
like a like a good one, and it's in our bonus room back home. Just lots of I, man. I now that I have to think about it, I can't remember everything that we got, but it was it was kind of ridiculous, and a lot of it just kind of sat for a little while because no one knew what to do with it. We'd get things like the one thing that I have that I still have is a uh, pretty nice DVD slash CD player that switches through like six or five different discs. I use it for CDs. And when I watch The Godfather on DVD. And that thing worked perfectly. And that taxidermy deer head is like incredible. Uh, all started with a pencil. And uh, we ended up with some good memories and um, just another weird experience in the books, I guess. It's cool. So that's that's what I do on Halloween. And today in Boone, they, we had Boone Boo. Which I think is a super good idea because it, these neighborhoods in the mountains aren't typically the best to walk through. Just so hilly. And a lot of times, you know, roads aren't perfect or whatever. And nighttime, it's just once it gets dark, it gets kind of sketchy. Uh, just because it can get dangerous physically. So Boone puts on this event every year. It makes the really bad traffic at uh, rush hour really, really bad. Apoc- apocalyptically bad. Uh, so I didn't drive during that time. If you did, you had no idea what's going on. Huh? I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, Boone Boo uh, is where they shut down the main street going through the historic downtown. And uh, people will go to that area to hand out candy. And kids will go to that area to receive candy. It's basically super well organized and structured trick-or-treating. And uh, so if you went to downtown today for Boon Boo, you know, you saw a ton of people dressed up as whatever. And a lot of people out there hand out candy. I think it's a really good idea. It's a very safe environment to let all this happen in and a very controlled environment. And it's, and it's, uh, it's pretty fun in general. Boon Boo. Making Halloween safe and fun. Woo-wee. Welcome to Loopy Radio. That's not – that's a very – not my sarcastic self. All right, so the the first thing I want to talk about, we're, t- we're thinking about the future in today's show. It's very vague. But to kind of link, uh, to kind of kick off my thing for futureness, we're going to talk about something that Uber is thinking about doing in the future as well. They're kicking it off pretty soon. This is from the website Engadget. They say, if you use Uber... A lot in Los Angeles, Austin, Orlando, Denver, or Miami, also known as places that are not Boone and are quite far away. Then a new ride pass net uh, can get you a flat rate on Uber X and Uber Pool trips, offering savings of up to 15%. Ride pass will run users $15 a month. And if you live in Los Angeles, it'll cost you 25 a month. So you kind of pay a subscription, and it can give you discounted rates of up to 15%. So this is kind of like a uh, if you use it a lot in these big cities, then uh, this might be a way to get it all for cheaper. Or not, which is probably what uh, Uber is hoping for. 
Uh, it says drivers will still be making the same money, so it doesn't affect the drivers. So if you're an Uberist, you don't need to worry. You're still going to make basically nothing. Uh, meaning, so drivers will still be making the same money, meaning that Uber will be eating the cost, is what the article says. It says it's an interesting move for the ride-hailing service as it reportedly lost a little more than $890 million this past quarter. So that's I think that's a little bit of a gamble. Uber offering people discounts when um, – well, potentially offering people discounts, which is probably what they're thinking, uh, when they've been losing a substantial amount of money in just one quarter. Uber. See, the thing that they do up here, we don't – I don't think we really have – a big Uber environment up here or a big Lyft environment. We, what I do see a lot of, though, I mean, we're just such a small town. You're not, you know, the the chances of you, if you're a driver, you know, getting enough rot drives in order to make some money is just so low. What a lot of people do that I see online is uh, they'll say, I'm beeping, and they'll put their phone number, and so you can text them and ask for a ride, basically. It's very informal. And I think it's actually cheaper kind of like a case-by-case basis. All right, so we'll be right back with a few more little interesting things. That's just a little starter. Get ready for it. I'm Loopy. I'm Loopy. We're thinking about the future, and uh, Uber kind of kicks off the future theme. And so as you see companies like Uber trying out these new things, uh, new ways of offering their stuff, which is a normal thing for a company to do. We're also thinking about, you know, what kind of decisions are these companies making that really will impact our future? Making a new deal doesn't necessarily impact our future, but trying new things, physical things does and so you uh, uber had a thing a few years ago where they were testing their own autonomous cars and uh, it hit someone and i think they died and so that's kind of put that put a big knock into the craze for autonomous cars but they're definitely still trying to make it happen and by they i mean tons of different groups of people are trying to make autonomous cars happen personally i think it is a terrible idea uh will it probably happen in the future absolutely uh i will not buy one and i really hope that um in my lifetime we don't get to the point where they ban drivered cars that would make me just so sad i feel like i'm losing a part of my freedom if they ban drivable cars that's another whole thing, but we're thinking about the future here. A company called Waymo now has permission in California to test its fully driverless cars on public Californian roads. And that's thanks to updated permissions and rules from the California DMV. This is also from Engadget. Just happened to be. I'm not like, whatever. It, it, the article says to get ready to see mysteriously vacant cars roaming around California streets. That's a lead, isn't it? 
Get ready to see mysteriously vacant cars. Yeah, happy Halloween. Mysteriously vacant car driving on your street. How, how would that make you feel? The state DMV has granted Waymo a permit to test fully driverless vehicles, not even an observer in the car, on public roads, making it the first company in the state to receive this permission. The self-driving vehicles will travel around parts of Mountain View, Los Altos, Los Altos Hills, Palo Alto, and Sunnyville, Sunnyvale. Initial rides will carry Waymo employees, but the company eventually plans to offer trips to the general public, like it has done in Arizona. To me, this is just terrifying. These cars will also travel on the highways at speeds of up to 65 miles per hour. They're testing this stuff out west, people. And it's, um, this is, this is a piece of our future. Driverless cars. But let's, let's dive a little bit into, into what this exactly could turn into. A, driver, a driverless car is a robot, basically. And that's fine. We have robots that do plenty of things. But a car, a, a, a driverless car, a robot car, is running off of several things. It's running off of things that detect what's around it on the road. And it's also running on GPS to know where it's going. And anything that's on GPS is completely trackable by anybody. And something that's a robot, especially early on in its lifetime, is something that's easily hackable. But uh, with the trackable side... You know, I don't want to ride in a car. And, I mean, I'm not up to anything bad, but just the thought that anyone can know where I'm going. You know, that, that's like the freedom aspect. You know, when you, when I get in my own car right now that has, like, zero trackable stuff in it, like, no electronics at all, I, you know, I don't have this thinking of, you know, am I being tracked by anybody? You know? I don't want to get to the point where every car that I'm in, I have this sense of if someone wanted to, they could track me. And I mean, I don't have any reason for someone to be trying to figure out exactly where I am at all times. But just, it's the sense. It's the sense I get from it. It's not an attractive feeling. And then there comes the, the excellent point that was made years ago on the show Top Gear back when they were first testing out all this driverless car stuff. And they said, you know, for, for the longest time, airplanes are completely autonomous if you want them to be. They can take off themselves. They can taxi themselves. They can fly themselves. They do fly themselves. And they can land themselves. But you would never step foot on a, you know, Boeing jumbo jet if you knew that there was no pilot on board. You would never do that. So why would you step foot in a car that doesn't have a driver? It just, can't you think about that? 
You know, what's what's the big difference between an airplane and a car? You know, if the robot makes a mistake at a high speed, a robot has made a mistake at a high speed, and it's going to end the exact same way. And then you got plenty more things to dodge, plenty more obstacles on the ground than you do in the sky. You know, it's totally attainable to do a self-flying plane because... You know, there's like very few things for it to be able to hit. Think about what's on the ground. Whatever. Self-driving cars. I'm not a fan. I don't want to see it happen, but I know it's going. I'll stick with my classic cars for now and for forevermore. I'm Loopy. College Talk Radio, loopy without banned substances. I'm loopy. We're thinking about autonomous cars and how you know, it's a craze. It's a it's a huge thing right now. That, Developing an autonomous car, and a lot of times it's it's something smaller and something that I think is a good feature, and it's these things that'll, you know, stop you from having a collision. That's good. Some of these things with keeping you in your lane can be good, but I think that might freak someone out, you know, if they're expecting to keep themselves in the lane, but the car does it for them. I don't know. Will that cause you to overcorrect? But these things that'll, you know, try to keep you from rear-ending someone, that's good. You know, that I think that's extremely useful. That's useful for anybody. I don't care if you're a good driver or a bad driver or you think you're a good driver. You know, that that, stu- that stuff is good. That's all fine. But when we're talking about a car that completely drives itself, where you aren't a thing, you're not, you have nothing to do with how the car is driving. That kind of scares me. You know, would you get into an airplane, even though they're largely autonomous or could be completely autonomous if it wanted to? Would you really get in an airplane if you knew there was no pilot? If you have any sense, that answer better be no. You know, and then, and then we start thinking about, you know, what's the difference then between an autonomous plane, an autonomous car, because an autonomous plane works most of the time, most of the time. If you're talking about a crazy landing for some reason, doesn't necessarily work. That's why a pilot needs to be there. But, you know, there's there, there are far more weird things to happen on the ground than there is in the sky, I feel like. So I feel like once you get to cruising altitude, whatever that is, I'm not an aviation specialist, but... You know, you know, once you get up there and there's nothing around you, there's nothing around you. But if you're on the ground, I don't care where you are, an interstate or a big city or a rural area. You know, a deer seems to always jump at you. Or if you're in a neighborhood, you know, I don't, I don't care if you're a robot or a human. You do not know if that kid is going to sprint into the street. Or if that car is all of a sudden going to start moving, even though it was parked. You know, there, there's just so many more obstacles. 
And so that's part of why it's so difficult to develop these self-driving cars. Because, yeah, if they're able to drive a switchback road in the Californian mountains, who says it can navigate a neighborhood full of people and cars that are parking and reversing and suddenly creeping forward and suddenly jutting out into the street? That's very different than just making a car able to go up and down hills and go around corners. Very different. So I, I'm I'm very skeptical. But then you can also bring up the the good the good point that if every car was autonomous, then they could all talk together and organize traffic flow. And then if you're good enough, you can make them talk to the traffic lights. So traffic lights will switch exactly when they should to minimize the amount of time that you'll be stopped at a red light. Or if they know the traffic lights, if they know that a big wave of traffic is coming, they can leave it green for a while to keep a big backup from happening. That all is a good idea. That all's good. And that's probably all these people that want autonomous cars to happen. That's probably what they have in mind. But what that ignores is the fact that so many people like myself love driving. That's like my favorite thing to do. I've told my parents and I've told friends for years, my ultimate backup, if all else fails, I'll just be a truck driver. I'll be content with that for a little while. I'm sure I'll probably get sick of it. But if all else fails, I can do that and I'd be fine with it. Because driving is, I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. But driving's awesome. You know, I wonder what the the Germans who invented the car, I wonder what they were thinking when they first started moving and steering around. I bet it was the craziest feeling. And it's that kind of feeling that's driven the whole industry for over 130, 140 years. You know, the, the car is something that's had a ton of time to develop. And cars as we know it, with a steering wheel and a gas and a brake and a gearbox, that's been around for well over 100 years. And only now are people starting to be concerned about them driving themselves. And part of me wonders if if for some reason, at least the culture in America has been, pun unintended, driven to thinking that, you know, there is no joy in driving. I wonder if that's a, if that's a piece or if this is just another craze for new technology where people just feel like they have to have what's new just because it's new. I don't there's, I mean, there's no way you can answer that. Bunch of questions, no answers. You're welcome. So we'll be right back in a second with more on the future. And this, this, the next thing I'm going to talk about is groundbreaking. And it, if this produces what their end goal is, it will literally change the world. And these people will be the richest people in history. And they might have come one step closer to cracking the code. I'm Loopy. 
looping. So we're thinking about autonomous cars and even more specifically with that, just the future in general. And I have managed to make cars tie into everything because that's who I am. So we have the uh, autonomous car, which is something that really doesn't exist yet and won't for a while. And uh, won't especially won't be mainstream for even longer. It's going to take it a long time. But you know, I have this fear that at some point in my life, drivered cars are going to be banned, at least in certain areas, like big cities. And that's just... That sucks a piece out of my soul. And also I kind of feel like sucks a, a chunk out of my freedom. You know, we're going to go back to people riding horses because you can't track a horse. Actually, you can, but whatever. Uh, so we're, we're, we're talking about autonomous cars, but another huge thing that's been happening is the switch to electric cars. Electric cars are absolutely the future but the way we have them now is not at all the future because batteries stink they're terrible they're really bad at holding fuel electricity they're really bad at charging it's very slow and uh, they're terrible for the planet if anyone tells you that they're being kind to the planet because they drive an electric car they are wrong Electric cars are terrible for the environment. The process that it takes to make those batteries is so bad that I believe it has been banned in the U.S. You can't make these batteries in the U.S. Okay? That's how bad it is to make these things. We totally can. I saw a documentary once on a mine that I believe is in eastern California or something like that. Completely shut down. They were making this kind of stuff. They can't do it anymore. We have to buy all these batteries from China. A country that pollutes a lot and doesn't care about its people. Yet people complain about the U.S. You don't know if you don't know. So the batteries used for electric cars just does not work. It's not the solution. But the electric car is the solution. The first cars were electric over 100 years ago. They were. They used batteries that were made of lead and were really, really bad. But they used electric motors. And the reason why they switched over to gas being mainstream for cars is because it's just better. It's more convenient and it's cheaper. It's not simpler, but it's cheaper. Because batter batteries just stink. I mean, batteries have come a whole long way since 100 years ago. So what, what are we going to do with, with these batteries? Well, the, what we're going to do is we're going to get rid of them. But first... We have to crack a code. And the code we have to crack is the code of isolating hydrogen. Hydrogen is the fuel of the future. And I'm not talking about for cars. I'm talking about for everything. 
Hydrogen is the most abundant element in the universe. I believe it's also the most abundant element we have on Earth. Hydrogen is in water. Hydrogen is, in, is not in the air. That's the big problem. It's not in the air. Because hydrogen is so light. It's the lightest thing. It's so light that it can actually escape our atmosphere. The Earth's gravity can't hold in hydrogen by itself. But thankfully for us, hydrogen loves to combine with things. That's why we have hydrogen. What stinks for us is that it's really hard to break hydrogen off of stuff. Up until now, and still tomorrow, it takes more energy to isolate hydrogen than the hydrogen produces back. So hydrogen power cars don't make sense. It's just, it's too hard to isolate hydrogen still. And so, you know, we have a lot of people out there investing their time into what can we do in order to isolate hydrogen to power cars. Because what you do in a car is you put in what's called a hydrogen fuel cell. Specifically, what you'll see in the mainstream is just the word fuel cell. You put liquid hydrogen or just highly pressurized hydrogen. Yeah, I guess liquid would be like really cold. Pressurized hydrogen into a hydrogen fuel cell which then fuels an electric motor, just like the electric motors we have in some cars right now, whether it's an all-electric or a hybrid. They're using electric motors that run off of electricity that are stored in batteries. This would replace the batteries. It would be a hydrogen fuel cell. It's basically a mini power plant inside the car that just uses raw hydrogen to fuel it. The only emission you get from these cars with hydrogen fuel cells is water. Pure H2O. You could drink it. It would be safe. The reason why we don't have many hydrogen cars... Hydrogen cars do exist. The reason why we don't have many of them right now is because the process of, I of isolating hydrogen is so bad. I mean, like, right now, you know, the way we get our electricity is also so bad. And batteries are so bad. But people say that, you know, using an electric car right now is better than using a gas-powered car, and that's just a load of BS. Stick with what we've been developing for a long time. It works pretty darn well. All right, so we'll be right back with this article on isolating hydrogen. I think it's pretty interesting, but I'm also a dork and a loser, so maybe it's not. Isolating hydrogen, the future of the world, the future of you. And I think this, this will happen in our lifetime. And possibly sooner than we might think. I'm Loopy. Almost done here with the show on Halloween. Caramel Apple Day, October 31st, 2018. Just a few hours, it will be November, which means in just a few weeks, it will be Thanksgiving. And I think everyone can give out an amen to that. But we're talking about hydrogen, 
Hydrogen is the future. Autonomous cars, maybe, maybe not in our lifetime. The future of the world is hydrogen. I've read a good bit about this and uh, about the prospects of hydrogen. Only yesterday did I read this article on the current state of hydrogen. From Ben Gurion University of the Negative and the Technicon Israel Institute of Technology, researchers have cracked the chemical mechanism that will enable the development of a new and more efficient photochemical process to produce hydrogen fuel from water. They're looking to turn water into energy, basically, by isolating out the hydrogen. Now, what do you get when you split up H2O? Well, you get two hydrogens and one oxygen. So you can complain about, ah, we're taking away water. But if you're one of these people who thinks the ocean levels are going to rise, you know, four miles in the next 20 minutes, then you might be glad that we'll suck up some of that water. But here's the deal. The water doesn't go away. We have a thing called the water cycle. And uh, if, if water gets used for this process, uh, it's going to figure its way to come back. I guarantee you. And uh, when you drive these cars, hydrogen-powered cars... The one and only thing that comes out of the tailpipe is water. So we start with water, power our cars, power everything, and get water back. The real question is, what else has to happen in order to make this process happen? But we're on our way to figuring it out. This article is a little vague about exactly the process, and I bet the people who say they cracked it are being fairly vague as well to keep other people from taking their ideas. It says it allows the process to unfold naturally instead of relying on large amounts of man-made energy sources. It currently takes more energy to isolate hydrogen than hydrogen brings back. So instead of relying on large amounts of man-made energy sources or precious metals to catalyze the reaction, production of hydrogen does not emit greenhouse gases. It does not emit greenhouse gases, but the process has until now required more energy than is generated and as a result has limited commercial availability. Now, I've read a good bit and I've heard a good bit about the potential of hydrogen power. Here's what would happen if all cars now all of a sudden switch to having a hydrogen fuel cell and electric motors. A, cars would be very fast. B, cars would be very quiet. C, at least in America where we have good infrastructure, we can basically eliminate every single power plant that we have. We can shut them all down. Doesn't matter what kind of power plant it is. Doesn't matter if it's coal, natural gas, uranium. Doesn't matter. You can just shut them all down. Because if your car is fueled with hydrogen, you can plug your house into your car when it's in the garage. And your house will run off of your car for a long time before you have to refuel it. We're talking many days 
And I've also read that you could plug your neighborhood into your car and you can power your neighborhood for several days. So how often do you refill your car with gas right now? Maybe once a week. Okay. So you can still refill your car with hydrogen once a week. And, along with all the driving you do, power your neighborhood. So not only is the hydrogen car the future of driving, the hydrogen car is the future of powering everything that we know. It's the future. And whoever cracks isolating hydrogen has a stake in all of the hydrogen sales for a long time. And uh, when all of our power comes from hydrogen, straight up hydrogen, uh, that person's going to get a lot of money. Another week is over. Another week of thinking that we've learned something important but really realizing it doesn't exist yet so so that's that all right i'll be back in a week i'm hoping soon to start posting a little more other things other than just my show on social media check it out loopy radio on wasu's on facebook as well as loopyradio.com i'll be back in a week i'm loopy